Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, thanks for calling the London is Blue podcast. We're out of the country right now visiting our friends in London over at Fulham SW6 at Stamford Bridge. If you want, you can leave a message after the beep. Come on, you blues. This is William. You listen to London is Blue. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Nick, Dan, and I cover all of Chelsea's latest matches, team news, and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you for being an awesome listener, and with no further delay, let's jump right in. We are back with a special mid-season review podcast. Here we go. We've got from London, Mike, Nick, Dan, all in front of me to my right, and then special guest to my left, David from We Ain't Got No History. Welcome, all of you gentlemen. Uh, Nothing like sitting in a hotel room recording a podcast, Nick. That's right. January 1st. Now, I can tell you that we're all at peak performance right now. Um, We haven't felt this good in... Ages. Should we start off with a At New Year's resolution? Hours. Should we kick those off first? Just... New Year's resolutions? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, mine is to not mix limoncello and Anything. bourbon and champagne or ever again. Order. Yeah, it was mainly the bourbon, then the champagne, then the limoncello, <laughs> and then beers. So you're saying the recipe or the, the, the order of operations you followed was not good? It, it got the job done in the moment, but... No. Yeah. I wouldn't do it again. You see, Dan? David's up with gin, and I think that was a good call on his part. He looks refreshed, looks ready gin. to go. 
probably could go just you know run a ten k right mixing, now or something. Mixing tonic water really helps you then the morning after. To, to allow me to paint built, a picture. Built-in hydration. Allow me to paint Actually, a picture. Probably, don't paint a picture. It's a. <laughs> it's Tell a, a story with words. It's a hotel room. We are recording this with an ironing board as our table. <laughs> And and the the zoom is in the middle, so we kind of talked, guys. Look, we talked about this last night. We are we we are budgetless in the sense that we have no budget, not unlimited budget, <laughs> but we are balling on that budget because, like I said, we are at the hotel attached to Stamford Bridge. We are living a good life. But anyways, it is a mid season review. So what we're gonna do? How many millionaires? Is we are going to run through uh, groups of the team: goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and attackers. Maybe talk about one Maurizio, maybe give overall ratings, uh, but that's what we're going to do. It is January 1st. It is time to give some verdicts. We are just past the halfway point um, in the season. So again, this is going to be a 0 to 10 scale with intervals of 0.5. No, we're not doing 0.5. I want, I want integers, people. I want whole numbers. Kicking it off. Well, I got voted down pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Best. Happy New Year to me. Decision. Yeah. Best position in the world. Goalkeepers. So we've got Kepa Risipalaga, the brand new record signing. I, I have a question. What's our, what's the, uh, like, cutoff for different ratings? Are we doing, like, football manager rating, where six and seven is basically baseline? Eight is, you know, good, good to exceptional. Nine is amazing and ten is perfect. I yeah. like it. And then basically nothing below five. Let's Unless you're terrible. Not. Well, yeah, I mean, let's get through the list. <laughs> I think that that's a good that's a good so use that listeners at home as you as yeah. you get through so obviously from the goalkeeper scale. the goalkeeper standpoint uh, yeah we have Keppa we have Willie we have Rob Green overall Legend. all I know is when we were comparing this script Brandon was pretty harsh on Keppa I'm expecting at least a, probably five solid five from him yeah I'll sa- I'll save my rant for the end David uh, how are you thinking. Uh, or how are you feeling about Keppa, especially with the amount of money we paid for him and the fact that he's filling some big boots, literally? I actually think he's done really well because we rarely heard how much we've spent on him. And I think that's a very good sign of him settling in, uh, getting the job done. Maybe not uh, super exceptional. He hasn't really needed to make wonder saves, which possibly is another good thing, right? If you're not giving up the chances, it's, uh, you know, his distribution is fine. He has those little mid-length, um, uh, little lofted balls out to the fullbacks. Uh, he's good with his feet. Uh, maybe he needs to be a little taller, but that's not his fault. So I think don't, he's a... Don't he's we a, all. The Jordan Pickford just, excuse. Just a little bit taller, as little Troy once said. Um, <laughs> little, show was a ball we ball. got a little Troy reference from David on this show. <laughs> In the first so five minutes, we're yeah. doing it. I give it a solid eight, which matches Ooh. his transfer fee minus a zero. Mike, <laughs> any any discrepancies amongst that, or what's your rating? Yeah, I'd have to go a seven and a half to eight. I think he's been whole integers. Yeah. We, we I, took yeah. the halves up. You know what? Round it up. I'll go eight. So your New Year's resolution is just to be a dick. <laughs> to piss off of one <laughs> Mr. Brandon Busby. <laughs> hey, you can't steal mine. <laughs> <laughs> Teamwork, bro. No, uh-huh. I, no. I think he's been. Uh, I think he's been pretty good, and I, it's a little tough. I think, in comparison to how a certain Belgian is playing elsewhere, it makes it look really good decision to bring him in. But I agree. I mean, we spent a lot of money on him, and we're not really having a conversation right. as to 
you know, whether it was worth it or not. Yeah, um, I think I think David's point was dead on that when when you think about all the players that we constantly talk about performance wise, Kepa's rarely there. I think there are only a couple goals in my mind that could have been maybe saves, but like, you know, the people who were bashing him for letting the storage wonder goal in, I'm like, good God, man. Like yeah. what is what are your expectations set at? Well, and a couple of those first goals that he's conceded, and I think about the 4-2 match versus Arsenal, the defense really hadn't figured out how to manage those scenarios appropriately. 3-2. Um, Ultimately, I think we've continued to improve. We've only conceded in the Premier League like 16 total goals past Kepa, which is a pretty good result considering we've had 18 games so far, and we've been thrashed by one or two teams. Um, So... Once we kind of help shore up the other parts of the defense, you know, you think about the other fact, too, is there are players like Alisson Nederson that people have gone gaga over in the past one or two seasons in terms of coming to the Premier League. The Kepa actually has the best uh, long ball distribution out of the three of those keepers. He's actually trending upwards even close to about, I think, 57 uh, or 54 percent. And then the next one's like Ederson at... 48% or something. So, you know, once we kind of get the players that are able to continue to move the ball as quickly as Kepa is, is able to distribute it long, we're going to really see the true benefit of having him back there. My my only complaint about him is that some of the playing out of the back has been a little dicey at times. It And and it's not, not, not only because of him, I think just the way that the uh, the center backs are are kicking the ball back to him. They haven't really found a great rhythm yet. I think that he's really good, like side to side. But some of the passes into Jorginho when he'll drop way back, I'm like, ugh, what are you doing? They made a sport out of yeah. not playing out. It's past funny the line yeah. either, which I don't know if that's like a strategy to get out of pressure or they're just completely unaware of this rule after being called on it like 15 times of the 18-yard box. Yeah, right. okay. yeah. getting your goal kicks out of the 18-yard box. Wasn't Arlo White talking about like how intoxicating it was on one of the broadcasts? Like, you intoxicating? Know, it, yeah, about like, you know, it's really not something teams are starting to do, but it's just so like thrilling and invigorating to watch this happen. Arlo got really mad because he thinks it's a, it's a gamesmanship thing where like there's pressure on you so as a defender you drop inside the box yeah. to make it an illegal goal kick and there's no there's no repercussions other oh, than sure. yeah. you have to take it again so yeah. he was saying that he thinks that they're going to institute this as like an indirect free kick if you make a if I you can make see that. that mistake which I could see that but. I, I think he brings a calmness to the back and I think it's almost we get overconfident with how well he can play it so I think we get a little sloppy with some of those back passes but I, I just think about how poor uh, Courtois was at clearing the balls at times, and just to see what they're doing in the back um, to relieve some of the pressure. And I know it gets it can get yeah. dicey, but you think I just think about in past seasons like how much possession we keep by being able to pass that around, pass it back to him, and feel mostly very comfortable going back to him. All right, so I think what we need to do now is we have a card carrying member of the goalkeepers <laughs> in slash alliance. He's a gold club member. Yep, oh. Brandon Busby. Oh, I look. I love Keppa. I think he's a signal of change for the the club. Uh, the fact that he's only six foot, six foot one. Uh, the fact that some of us wish we'd reached that height. <laughs> only. <laughs> Damn. Uh, looking at yeah. that only like well, what <laughs> highest? I mean, <laughs> in goal creeping terms, at the highest level, yes, he's he's short. I think that. Um, no, he's, he's, he's a very reliable goalkeeper. Uh, I think eight is a very good score for him. He's, he's not going to make a lot of the world-class saves that, that, you know, we've seen in seasons past, but 
I don't think he's going to get Meg twice against Barcelona. Like, I think that's the other side you get is like the soft goals aren't going to go in. Has has anyone ever has anyone made the as we're we've talked about Courtois the Woody from Toy Story? There's a snake in my boots type yeah. of thing. Yet. <laughs> I th- but we can't. Wait, when you were yeah. mentioning, I think you said filling those boots. Yeah. I, I, I think like, what we need to do is just like. I don't know. I'm I'm done with like, I am the too. Courtois focus at this point. Like we now have a better, like a wonderful We're in a good situation. Doing a great job for us. Look, when 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 he was leaving, uh, I even said the public, like I wanted to keep him just because he was so good. Uh, Kepa has come in and done a fantastic job taking over in that yep. role, and especially I think this is a big change for the club. They aren't going after um, your super tall, world class shot stopper. They want a more well rounded player back there. Which is it's refreshing to see. Uh, so pretty much inning eights all around the board yep. uh, for for him. Sweep it. Um, we're not really going to touch on Caballero or Robert Green, mainly because they don't play. Uh, Marie ten. Loves. Rob Green ten and, and Brendan can't grow a beard, so we won't talk about Willie. You have Willie. one UEFA um, Europa League match for Willie Caballero. Yeah. This so That's it. like I said, we're gonna we're gonna John. move on to the defenders, the defensive unit, the the favored pairing back there this season has obviously been Aspilicueta, the right back, Rudiger David Luiz in the center back positions, and Alonso, the one who will never be subbed out on the left. So kicking it off with uh, Aspi, David, uh, our, our captain this season, maybe. Vice captain officially. That's that's probably the best. captain. Yeah, exactly. Captain leader Dave. Done all right. It's been an interesting season for him. I think it took him a while to readjust to playing right back. The first the first few games were a bit dicey, Um, and he seemed to not quite understand uh, how to play off of Alonso on the left side. In that, um, sorry, wanted only one of them to go forward at any given time. And every once in a while, we'd end up with both of them forward and then none of them forward. And it was just, you know, it's all part of the learning process. And got exposed on the counter several times because of that as well. When committed too many men forward. But uh, I think lately he's, you know, reverted to his, his usual solid, solid self. I mean, the game we just saw on Sunday against Crystal Palace, he was fairly magnificent against... Uh, fairly Wolf, magnificent. Wolf Zaha. So... Uh, I That's think the name of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Flint story. Fairly magnificent. Fairly magnificent. <laughs> so I'd give uh, fairly magnificent Aspilicueta a fairly magnificent eight as well, much like uh, Kepa. I think he's stepped into the leadership role very, very uh, capably. Uh, he's readjusted to playing right back. Uh, he signed a new contract. There's, there's little little to complain about Dave, and I think that's just the way we like it. I'm uh, the only point I'd make on this, and we can move on to the next one. Would be, I think, up until the last couple of matches, he was probably like a six to a seven. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's had his his best year by a long shot, but I think what you said earlier makes a lot of sense to me, which is he continues to improve. And get back to the levels that he was as a as a left center back or right center back, then then we're all good. I mean, I think um, most people have worried about him long term as like, if that's the solution at right back, and I think there's a legitimate concern there. I mean, I'm wearing his kit right now. I love him, um, but you know, does he eventually transition to you know full time center back? I don't know. Uh, you might have to do the Alder Alder Weireld move. How do you say his name? Yeah, I would, I would just say, if we kind of rounded the numbers here, I would probably say seven so far for the 
the fact that the initial yep. start of the season wasn't great, but we've seen some pretty shiny performances from him right now. So he was absolutely amazing against City. He was absolutely amazing against Palace. Yep. I think you're starting to see him round into form. Third position for the man uh, in his tenure at Chelsea, but he's uh, taken it without any complaints. Uh, Mike, looking at you for David Luiz now. Uh, center back, he's Cause of the 19 hair. of his yeah. 20 appearances uh, in the Premier League. Again, ups and downs. Yeah. Um, in a bit of a contract dispute with the club. But setting all that aside, um, how are you feeling on David Luiz this season? I mean, I think he's filling the role that, that Sarri wants. Uh, he adds... He has that long ball, um, being able to you know cross it up, uh, add to the attack. Um, you know he's a big game player. He plays really big in big games, and I think sometimes in the lesser games he he's except, good for a mistake or two. And except for he, yeah, the lesser game being Spurs. Yeah, uh, that too. Well, yeah, well, always. I, I'm pretty happy with with how he's with how he's played, especially where he was last season, and you know coming into. You know, coming back into playing after almost a year off, um, I really I like his style of play, and I, I think he he's a marauding he marauds, and you know sometimes he tries to make that that big play, and it, it doesn't work out. But overall, I'd say a seven, seven, seven for David Luiz. Goal and assist, obviously we we got to see his assist to mm-hmm. Angola Conte Palace. Uh, his goal being a Beautiful massive pass, one the against City. So, yeah. like you said, um, from a leadership standpoint, uh, I you know remember watching him at the Palace match, pointing and yelling at players to specifically Giroud, Maratha, and them not making the runs or being the presence that the backline needed mm-hmm. to get rid of the ball and distribute. Uh, I mean, that's and that's what you know you're going to get with him. You know, like he's been around a long time. He's been in some massive teams. He's won it all. Like he will tell you what you need to do. Um, and that's an important presence to have on the team. So I think I think seven is good value. Uh, look, his upside is big. But his downside is also there as well. So uh, it kind of depends on what you get. Dan and also started this year's uh, restaurant uh, restaurant tour too. So I mean, that, you know, personal successes for the life of Dom Luis. You know, he's personally invited us to go to to Babo, and you know, we're, yeah, we're no, we're, we're yeah, all growing our hair out. We're we're actually hoping that he hears us and and gives us a meal. <laughs> We're gonna talk it into reality. <laughs> Dan Rudiger, uh, German, twenty appearances this season. So again, talk about playing every match, every minute. Um, you know, your thoughts on that athletic, tall, fast man back there? Yeah, uh, he has had a. I think the, the defense is mostly in general had a, a pretty good season so far. You think that sixteen goals conceded. Um, we've won a fair number of games. You know, we've had some unfortunate draws as well, just from some, you know, lapse in judgment or kind of miscommunication, which I think is something that comes down to all of them owning a part of. Um, and sometimes that's been the communication between the defense and the midfield primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he's, he's been solid. You know, I think, uh, you know, we kind of like to credit his, um, People talk about his pace a lot, and obviously, you know, guy came off of uh, ACL injury, and that was the concern coming out of Roma. And we saw him, you know, get get into good habits last year, and he's kind of continuing that form this year. I still think there's a little to do from what he gives us from an attacking sense when we kind of go into set pieces. We really kind of lost that additional bit of support from 
I mean, you think about Terry or Cahill on there, you kind of knew that they were good for, you know, the occasional goal, and he hasn't really added that to his game. Uh, I also think Early, he's, he's a little suspect as well. Uh, he's not perfect. So I think there's a couple areas you could continue to work on. Uh, I probably wouldn't go higher than a seven right now, but I think he's. I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I yeah. think he's been an eight, and I think uh, we but had. Has he has he been an eight in Chelsea standards, or like overall? If you think across the league, there are more consistent defenders. I would. Are there? I, I, I would say this about him: if you think about Chelsea's defense, take him out of the equation, and is David Luiz a seven? Is Aspie a seven? I don't think so. I think he's been the rock. Um, and we, we were, you know, we've talked to multiple, uh, of our journalist friends on the show and they've always made the comment. It's always Rudiger plus whoever they want to fill that other slot with. I don't think there's any chance that he gets moved. So I would give him an eight because of his role. I think in that regard though, it's Rudiger plus one because he's just currently the first choice on the team. It's not a matter of that, you know, Rudiger is the only option. Like we brought in another center back today, like Rudiger might drop down. The pecking I, order. I don't think he would. I think I he's think so. easily the most improved player we have this season. I think he's Damn. by far the hard. I think he's the hardest. Yeah. Like everybody gives it to Dave for how much he wants stuff, but I don't think there's a player that wants it more when he steps on the pitch. Most improved doesn't necessarily mean best, although he's close. Mm-hmm. But most improved, he's. I think we cannot have a Chelsea team without him at the moment. I like David Luiz is more replaceable than Rudiger. Oh, one hundred percent of that, absolutely. Uh, at the moment, every team needs kind of like. It, I think we talked to Chidge about this a little bit. Every team needs a bastard, and he's kind of our bastard. He's tough. He, you know, he's certainly strong, especially when you know we get into confrontations or scuffles. He's one of the first people, like JT would have back in the day, to be there and, and make sure that everything is is kind of calmed down. I think he's yeah. a leader. Certainly, I, you know, he will continue to get better too. He's still pretty young. You have to realize that. Uh, but I, I would give him an eight personally. He's aspiring to a kind of a, a soft team. He adds the steel that we're missing at times. All right. Well, that's good to see a little bit of debate on that one. Uh, Marcus Alonso. No debate on this Runs one. Runs down the wing for me. Again, Tens 20, across the board. 20, 20 appearances this so far in the league. So he's, he's obviously been in every match, which we know. Um, Chelsea's most controversial player? Him and William, probably. Yep. Yeah. I think sure. uh, that with Alonso, you know, I have his kid because he shut me up at the beginning of the season when I said that we should look at Palmieri. And because you look like him and want to get mistaken for him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Details. I, 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 details. I, I do enjoy the want to be the, the, be, the best comment maybe all of last year on any of our social media posts was the comment made by, I forget who it was, but it was the shirtless Marcus Alonso photo we took at the end of the Crystal Palace match, and someone asked... If Brandon had received the kit, would he have started signing autographs? <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> and I would be charging for them. I'm here to make a buck. No, so 20, 20 appearances, one goal. Um, obviously, his assists, his ES3 assists, they've, they've pretty much gone away, but that's also a bit of a goal-scoring issue for the team overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, he's hit, deep, he's hit the deep, post five times. Right. So, yeah. so David... Keep that in mind for his goals total. Let's let's talk about Alonso. Uh, obviously, he's a defender first. Uh, Maurizio has talked about he likes him for his height. Sure. Uh, so for, for his height. I like that you confidently said he's the, he's a defender first. I'm not so sure he's ever been yeah, a defender first in his, <laughs> Sorry. his life. I should have clarified on paper. Yeah. Uh, how how are you feeling on Mr. Alonso? 
I think I'm feeling better than most people. Uh, hmm. But that's not really saying much because he seems to have generally fallen completely out of favor with the vast majority of supporters. But, uh, A, I don't think we have a good backup option. And I know Emerson gets a lot of love because he's not playing. But I think uh, it's quite telling that Emerson only ever gets deployed as a winger or more often get, gets deployed as a winger than uh, a left back by both Sari and Conte. So, I mean, Alonso, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I'd give him a six because I think he's uh, not been as bad as it, he's made, made out to be. I think he's exposed quite often. Uh, by the people that play in front of him, namely Hazard, who has uh, been completely freed of just about any uh, defensive responsibilities and anything that he does do defensively is of his own volition, is not part of a game he, plan. He did track back once yes. against Palace. That every was, once that in a while you see this see. magnificent run back from Hazard when he thinks like, oh my god, we're going to concede here, so i got to go play some defense for a minute. But that's pretty rare, and you, you notice it's it because like it's so rare. Yeah. Well, Le- LeBron later, but yeah. we don't. This isn't a LeBron podcast. But I think I think wing backs and fullbacks are. It's easy to make him look really bad because they depend so much on the players in front of him or the dif- the midfielders coming over to support because everybody overlaps on the sides. Right, and Ingolo Conte is not making that and, run yeah, from, the, from the right on the right side, side all the way back to left of back. The left side. Yeah. So it's the right side of our our uh, general. So you're saying setup when is a Ross Barkley better. on the left hand side doesn't come back fast enough. To, uh, I mean, it's, Marcus it's Kovacic or Barkley and Hazard is your supporting duo, and like say you're facing, you know, one Basaka and he's two on one more than yeah, it's, it's. There's a lot to more one. than and the right hand it's side. It's a game plan, yeah. yeah but and, and and he gets beaten. And let's say so the Spurs game, for example, when David Luiz was made to look really really bad by Sun. Uh, he first beat Jorginho, who was supposedly there to, you know, slow him mm-hmm. down or whatever. There was nobody else around there. There was no Alonso. There was no whoever's playing left wing there. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It has, so to be an, it has to be an adjustment. I'd say a six. I'd say a six. There's, Being that Rudiger last season was playing on the left, and I think that added a little bit more speed and cover for him to, I think Rudiger can do a little bit of better job of closing down those spaces and cover for him as opposed to now being on the right. It, it is kind of strange that uh, what I think what most fans consider our strongest two defenders are playing on one side. Yeah. And so if, if you kind of take that scenario on the other side, you have David Luiz who can be erratic and Mark Salonzo who it could be way up the pitch and provide no cover for David Luiz who then gets exposed to. I think we do kind of, it's, it's kind of a lopsided setup that sorry, has has for his team, you know, the left side is more advanced than the right side, so I think it adds into that. But yeah, it gets easy to get exposed on on, on Alonso's side, and it's the same. This used to be the same with Ivanovic, and he get blasted a lot for for being slow and you know awkward, a little big for his position. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a gangly dude. Yeah. You know, he's not gonna look. You know, he does athletic. not have a quick first step, which yeah. is a bit of a problem when you're facing quick wingers. Having long legs, it's tough to get up to speed against. Yeah. We get it. You're tall. So can, can another New Year's resolution uh, be for people to stop using Alon Slow as a way? It's the worst. Them? It's <laughs> not funny, man. Like shame on you, Freeman, saying it, Dan. All right. So uh, I will see. Is does anyone want to chip in on one of Andreas Christensen, Gerhi Cahill, Gerhi, David D, David Zapacosta, Palmieri, Ampadu? Uh, any of those? Anyone wants to touch on? I think Christensen is a worry right now. Um, what, worry, worry in what sense is form that he might leave 
I think attitude and play so far have been poor. Um, I, I don't know if he is. As I think we all at the beginning of the season, if we, you know, we're going to call ourselves out a little bit, we all thought that his passing ability would make him a first choice at some point in the season. Maybe not initially because David Luiz was was playing pretty well, but he he does not seem to be have a quick enough mentality to keep it rolling and. Clearly, if you, if you believe stuff in the tabloids, which we rarely do, but uh, the contract thing is also a worry. Um, uh, I think you know it sounds like he's getting uh, mismanaged. Um, yeah, I think his father's definitely pushing for a move. Yeah, somewhere. Right. <laughs> so in that sense, I mean, I think you know if he's if he's the prodigal son, and, and before Ruben came back, he was the academy grad who had the best right. chance to to make it. Now you're now you're really uh, not so sure about that, Dan. And I know that's your boy. He's not had a ton of minutes this year. Uh, I think about last season, he had um, 2,000, almost 2,100 I thought minutes. the problem last season was that he had too many minutes, and now he doesn't have enough no, minutes. No, no, he needed, he, he, needs, he needs the minutes uh, to, to play. He, was, he, he got sent home for fatigue. I've never, I've never heard of a player, especially a young player, get sent home from international duty for fatigue. Which is, which is a concern, that he either can be fatigued or that he can be not playing enough. And, you know, obviously he's... he's Clearly talented. He clearly has the ability to be a successful center back. But, yeah, I, I think worry is a great way to describe the situation with Christensen, which is a bit of a bummer because he obviously has shown signs at you know, Gladbach of being capable of moving the ball forward, of distributing it well, of being tactically you know, adept in kind of a possession-based system. And you think that all of that would favor what Sari wants to do. So, you know, if, especially if the club does not resign Dom Luis, you know, on the plus 30 program, um, you know, Christensen is the next center back, right? Unless we go out and buy another player. Um, so you hope that it gets sorted and figured out. And again, we have a ton of fixtures left to play this season. So there's definitely going to be minutes available to him. He's only played 540 minutes in the Europa League so far and then one Premier League match. So uh, he, need, he needs some more exposure. I'll leave up to the, the defensive pairing, there are no minutes to share, though. That's just the way it is. Those At two, least on the Premier League. Those yeah. two will play, right? I mean, well, too, I, I actually rotate. kind of like, I really like the, the rotation that Sari instituted and I think Conte should have done that, which was part of one of the reasons for his downfall. For sure. But uh, the whole kind of like the sort of a hockey rotation where there's a, a distinct first group and a distinct second group and just rotate them in for the midweek. And Consistency. When you, have, it, and when you have two two games a week, you you know they're essentially almost playing the same amount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Christensen complains about minutes, but he's had sol- a solid amount of minutes. Uh, you know, once a week, he's just not playing the Premier League minutes. He's playing the league. He's not minutes. playing great to really earn those. See, so yeah. So on this one, like to me, uh, I think this just shows you how quickly. Things can change for people, but to me, like, uh, I guess I'm not, I'm not like gonna be super upset if he does end up leaving. To me, no. like, he's a, he's a pretty good player right now. We haven't seen flashes of greatness. I don't think. Um, I actually would like to see more out of him. I just think that we have more dynamic people out there. Doesn't mean he can't be it, but I just haven't. Well, seen and, it. and if and if Ampadu is really gonna be a center back, which we don't really know what his position is gonna be, um, that's a guy that I think all Chelsea fans are enamored with just because of his attitude and his work ethic on the pitch. I like, would sacrifice but, about but any it's also, other player for But it's him. the exact <laughs> same way people felt about Christensen 
two seasons ago or the beginning mm. part of last. But Christensen was not. I mean, like maybe being there was unearned. Can, in my can you imagine? Like, you know, there was and Collis. I mean, you know, he gets there's, a, there's always like that new hotness kind of vibe for a player that people get excited for. Are you saying that? But but the difference the difference is is how other people speak of Ampadu. You, you take Terry and other people. He's well, and who knows a difference in a player than Christensen. Who knows Terry's if he's going to be a center back? Terry says great things about all the, the, the players. He's, he's a, a, he said you know, Jake Clark club, Salter was going to be his replacement. He's a man through and through. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, anyways, we're going to move on. Oh, we're never going to get to... Pour, pour one out for old Gary Cahill. Yeah. Yes. Gonna, love you, Gary. He's going to leave in a, you know... He's wanted all of hours. Absolutely love him. Uh, and everything he's done. According to Matt Law, he hired a fitness trainer to get shape before a, uh, yeah. a move. Legend. All right. He mid- is. Midfield. So uh, our new trio, obviously the first one on the name sheet is, or the, the lineup is Jorginho. Uh, we'll get to him. I think some of his deputies, though. We should do a pod special on Jorginho versus Conte. Right there. I mean, that the, <laughs> the people. Hour. Yeah, the people do, love do that. Do a Seb C. Jorginho <laughs> thread on uh, Twitter. Uh, so Ross the Boss Barkley, 16 appearances <laughs> in the league. He's got three goals to his name right now, uh, also three assists. Pretty good return. Mike, what do you think of uh, Ross's season so far this this year? And definitely need a number from you. Um, that's tough. I, I would have said four. S- wow, you said four, Mike? Four. I can't believe that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that, that nasally Slate voice is guy. not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. No, I... I <laughs> I know we're not allowed to do halves, but I feel like we're not. It's against the law. I'll, I'll go with round up or round down. Just determine if you're going to be in. I, I, I like be, Ross. I'm going to give him a seven. I'm giving him a seven. Okay. I think that um, he's he's fallen off a little bit. I think it's a hard. Uh, yeah, I know. I think it's Ross offers us something that we need, and I think he needs some consistency in playing time. Um, and it's tough. To be swapping out with Ruben at times, I think the team needs him. Um, it, I think the every subs, match or situationally. I think he's a super sub or you know uh, non non <laughs> Premier League. Games. Our our midfield is so weird because Kovacic. Yeah. If he if he could use his entire salary to buy a goal, I'm not sure it'd be enough. <laughs> Ross has it in him to score clearly, mm-hmm. but. Tactically, just looks he's lost. Amazing, or he's terrible. Yeah. there seems yeah. to be no. He was terrible against. He'll Palace. drop a zero or a ten, yeah. and it doesn't seem to have any. Yeah, you know, it has to be a situation. Ruben's too off and on with his fitness. Like we don't really know yeah. what's happening Chelsea, there. Like uh, it's strange. Thing. Chelsea cannot afford to have that many situational players on our roster. No. Oh, you know, when we play against teams like this, we can go roll out this guy, and when we play against teams like that, we can roll out player B. Like, you know, we need complete players, and I would say Ross is showing that at least currently he is so far down the pecking order in terms of who the midfielders are that I would go select. Um, you know, we've seen Ruben obviously has Ruben's jumped shine. him. Like jumped him. I, I I'm I'm six would be generous, I think, for generous? Come on. That's not Ross. generous. He just no. hit the post. I mean, he's providing in the attack. I, like he is a specialty player, I just think Calling six generous is, I think six is fair. E- easily, six, has six easily been dispossessed. Uh, frequently slows down the attack when he gets possession of the ball. Uh, doesn't distribute quickly enough. Right. Mean, there's a lot to scored be some goals. From game. Yeah, I think. Great. Yeah. Good, good attitude, good work ethic. Seems like he has his, his shit on track. Yeah, so. 
think he's a lovely, lovely squad player. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what is what does that mean for Mateo Kovacic for you, David? The one essentially that's battling with all the other fringe midfielders. I really, I really like Kovacic as a, Kovacic as a player. I just think he, not as a person. <laughs> I don't know him as a person. So I mean, stole my lunch we, out of the We used to be work. friends, Mateo. <laughs> I am sure, my name on it. I'm sure he's a lovely person, and I know he has he runs a charity back home. So I'm sure he's he's a fantastic individual. But I I can't really comment on his personal habits. But on the pitch, I really like him. I just think in Chelsea's three man midfield, he's a little bit redundant in that he is very good in possession and he's very good at keeping the ball, which is another word for possession. Uh, but he, he lacks he lacks the cutting edge in the final third, which is an odd thing to say because he came up as an attacking midfielder and he used to had at least one season when he was good in goals. But the man, like Nick said, can't buy a goal. And, and this isn't just a Chelsea thing. Like He barely ever scored for Real Madrid. And when he did score, it was from a penalty spot. And he doesn't score for Croatia. Yeah. So, you know, for, for us criticizing, I, I know a lot of people criticize Kovacic for not scoring, but, like, you can't really expect him to score because it's not really part of his game. I just, and, I don't know where he, like, if, if this is the formation that we'll have for a few years because Sarri's here, I, I, I like him as a player, and I think he does add solidity to this team. He's tactically, I think... You know, it seems like him and Conte and Kovacic all work together to, you know, or Jorginho, sorry, all work together pretty well. It seems like they all kind of get their spacing, but he has to contribute offensively or he has to play in Jorginho's you know, role. Honest, honestly, you, you're mentioning uh, if Sari stays here for a while. I think, I mean, I hope Chelsea sign Kovacic just because he's such a versatile player that he can find a role under any manager, I think. Like if Sari, when Sari gets sacked, because we all know he's going to get sacked eventually. Yep. Um, We're not saying though this season. I'm not saying he's going to get sacked please, anytime please, please soon. Preface a little bit more before. But yeah. you know, and the 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 harsh reality is that Chelsea coaches don't really see a second or a third season. Yeah. And uh, players get signed for five years, and play, most players do see more more time at a club. He's a quality player, right? So Kovac is just a quality player to have, and I think if if Sari leaves, when Sari leaves. Like, Jorginho is going to drop out of the team because he is such a specialized player for Sarri and for that system. So if somebody like Jorginho drops out and you run a two-man midfield or even a three-man midfield, a player like Kovacic would be tremendous. And, and do we even have this conversation if we had an informed striker? I mean, I, I would like to see, you know, if we were knocking in the goals that we uh, should be. Yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair comment. I mean, I, like, to me... He's probably been a seven this year. Nothing spectacular, but I think, you know, kind of given where the team is. He's had, he's had, and recently has a couple of really good performances, I and mean, he had a great game against City. Really helped to. Oh, he played excellent against City. Of the ball. Um, he hasn't made a full 90 in the Premier League, though, yet. Yeah, the fitness is actually my biggest concern with him, yeah. is he seems to not have the stamina for a full 90. All right. Well, another highly divisive player in the midfield, uh, Jorginho. Uh, obviously a new transfer to the team, literally brought by Sarri. Actually, kind of the other way around, because we paid for Jorginho and uh, threw in a few extra quid to bring in. You got Sarri for free. <laughs> yeah. Um, you buy one Jorginho. You know, one goal uh, in 19 league appearances. Um, how many passes? Uh, a, billion. A, a, a billion. A bazillion. Actually, we can tell you. you know, 1,794. 
And he, he now has the top three individual passing performances. He did really yeah. good individual match. Like that. Yeah, he did that in Italy as well. I think he had like eight of the ten records. I and mean, we were excited about this. Sure but Dan, as you as you look at him and the system and everything that's going with him, uh, again, rate Jorginho. Yeah, he's had an interesting introduction to English football. I don't necessarily know if he's been as amazing as necessary, but the system doesn't work without him. And what Sarri wants to do does not exist. And even when we see Cesc come in and try to replicate it, it's very much a um, Diet Coke to Jorginho's Coke. Um, I don't even think it's Diet Coke. It's like... Um, Gross. Okay. All right. No, no, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm going to have to ask you to hold. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I mean, he's been solid. He's had some really good performances. He's also shown that you know the rigors of this game, especially with the frequency of play and the amount of competitions we're in, have been a little challenging to... You know, he's been rotated uh, maybe a little bit more than I, I thought he would or thought necessary. Um, and number? Like, what's the number? What's the number? What's the number? You Probably didn't seven. know this was coming? <laughs> Probably a seven. Seven? A seven because... A hesitant seven. Without... Without him doing what he does, we're not where we are kind of currently. We haven't adapted to the system appropriately. He marshals people around on the pitch in terms of, and, and has helped indoctrinate the rest of the side into how to play this style of football. If you had a, other midfielders that could run and press like he does, it would be a different situation. That guy runs all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty impressive, but he's not great yeah, at tackling. Yeah, that's what it's but, you know, that doesn't mean he runs effectively. He, so, the so thing I'll yes. say about we don't need you... <laughs> Um, they'll say about Jorginho, and I, I actually would grade him a little higher. I think I might give him an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and only when did, you, when did you go soft? Uh, no, 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 I'm not. No, when did you go soft? I, no, I'm it's this iced mocha frappe. Yeah, it's <laughs> feel all good. Um, Does it have chocolate sprinkles on it? Yeah, I, I would give him an eight because I think if you would have taken a straw poll in October, you know, if we would have done this in October versus what we're doing now, the thing that probably downgrades him in people's minds is his obviously terrible performance against uh, Tottenham. Um, Whole team was. Yeah, yeah. right. But like like specifically him not being able to make a tackle whatsoever, I think it's his biggest concern. He's never going to be the athlete that we all think a a CDM should be because we've seen Michael Essien and we've seen Mikel and we've seen N'Golo Conte and we've seen all these guys who are, you know, able to make, you know, really good cover for, you know, if David Luiz goes on a marauding run or something like that, he's not that guy. He controls the ball and makes sure that the rest right. of the team is in a position to, to go score. And I think uh, I would rate him higher than most because he's, he's shown me that he's able to do that. Look, he's, he's, this, yeah. he's, a, he's a CDM built for possession-based system. Right. He's not there to break up playing start of counterattack. He's literally there to keep possession. At all do, does, he, does he need to learn how to tackle to make it in the Premier League? Yes. He does like the. It was actually surprising that he came from Italy and without this ability to tackle because they're the most tackle league. But anyway, I think he's he's a wonderful passer of the ball, and I've I've started to see him add to his game the lofted ball over the top, which is going to be a key for us. He's trying. He's, he's trying. trying. It, it, we're 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 getting there. He's still. He still refuses to shoot as the Chelsea fans oh, were God. yelling he and encouraging. Try as frequently. Oh come on! He had a great shot in the previous match. It, 
He no, just, I he just didn't want to. He had a lot of opportunities yeah. against Palace and just was he, not interested in pulling the trigger. More of an makes, observation than anything. He makes his team work. And if we didn't Agreed. have him, we would be dealing with a horrendous He apparently season. has recorded 30 tackles this season, which sounds very high to me. But his uh, success rate is 40%. So, all right. Room, room for improvement. Yes. Next, next one up, um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Uh, he's in with the midfielders, but he could also be in with the, the attackers. I don't know. Deep easy. Ruben, again, a bit of a slow start. He came back early for preseason, but now he seems to be getting more minutes. Like you think about a month and a half ago, 100% he was going out on loan, potentially contract issues. Now all of a sudden, it's like he has a bit of a role in the team. Son of sorry. He did. He did until uh, he once again got sidelined by a back injury. Uh, well, I think I think Ruben, when he's, he's healthy and he's on form, I think it's pretty obvious what he brings to the table. And... If he can play him in midfield, he is that game changer that we want Ross Barkley to be and has that extra added quality that somebody like Kovacic doesn't where he can just take the ball, beat half the team, and either set up a goal or create for himself. And we've seen that happen many times this season, actually, especially in the Europa League when he dominated a lot of those teams that came from who, who knows where. And, uh, you know, credit to him. He's, he's worked his way into, I think, solidly into the rotation where uh, uh, you know he's he's an actual option. He's he's being used regularly. So I'd say if you want a number, uh, we can't do halves. Uh, I'd say a generous seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, going if if he could play more, either thanks to the coach or himself, he, he, he could be an eight by the end of the season. It's a potential play. You yeah. see and that he yeah. could be yeah. much and better. I, and I like his versa- He has the versatility where he can be mm-hmm. deployed in the front line. Yeah, and, and and add some height there and some some quality dribbling. Yeah, there's Probably. there's a size and a directness and the willingness to be able to shoot or create something. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference between what Ross and Ruben have done and what we're seeing with Christensen is that Ruben worked hard for what he has. Like he was like, you know what, I'm not getting this, but I'm willing to put in the time to learn the system and to fight through it. And he's been rewarded with that. It's just unfortunate that injuries have been an issue. Again. I think the thing with Loftusheet too is when you watch him with the ball versus many of our other midfielders is he is able to move quickly at speed while handling the ball and being very adept at it. We've seen yeah. some moves this it's, year. It's that funny to see the, the defenders react to it sometimes because he just does some unbelievable things. Yeah, it's silky smooth. And, and, yeah. And, <laughs> it's you know, I don't think there's many other players on our team, I would say, behind Hazard that operate as well as him with the ball at their feet. He's and a creator. I don't, given, I don't think, yeah. Given the size, you know, yeah, you would generally right. not think that either. Like, so... There's a lot that is still left to kind of unlock in the, his game, and obviously he has not had the same amount of minutes compared to others from a at an adult level. Um, so he, he's, again, got a very, very high ceiling right now. I, I would just quickly say, I think the thing I worried about at the beginning of the year with Ruben is just our bias as Chelsea fans. I think most <laughs> want to see him succeed. I've had serious doubts about him in the past. I think he's really proving... To me, not like he has to prove to me, but like I think he's proving, he he's proving to me that he has the highest ceiling of any of our midfielders. And should he reach that, he's going to be an unbelievable player. Yeah. All right. Next one up is Angola Conte. Um, My man. I ten think, next. Ten. Right. Ten. You know, ten. you're not ever going to not have him. Uh, I just want to point out that I think it's impressive that the big concern was 
oh, you're playing it, you're, you know, you're playing him incorrectly, he's not built for that role. We just saw him score. Uh, he now has three goals this season. Uh, he is, Same I think he's learning. I think he's adding. Three think, times the amount of goals that uh, Kovacic has. It'll be, it'll be really interesting uh, to see. I, I, actually, it's factually, factually incorrect. You've three, three times zero. Right, Dan. Oh, Jesus. Infinitely more. Sorry, Infinitely. you can please leave my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, uh, yeah, no one's going to not have N'Golo Kante in their team. Uh, but it's great to see him adding yet another aspect to his game that no one said he could. What's your rating? Uh, you know, he's he's been an eight. The yeah. only reason he's not higher probably just because it took him a little while to adapt to the system. I mean, uh, it's weird. And in his grading scale is much higher than most. People. <laughs> yeah, the, like, his his threshold is higher. Yeah, like he set the bar high for himself. Right. I, I would say it's it's been interesting. I mean, he, I think he's an A for me as well. It's been interesting because he was a you know probably for the first time a controversial player this year. Like there's been controversy around him and his positioning and his attacking ability and basically kind of square peg round hole kind of scenario. But uh, if you know nobody has a better work ethic on the team, and I think he's a humble person and a player. To be able to say, okay, this might not be, you know, what I've done in my past, but I'm going to pick it up and, and try and do the best I can with it. And uh, we we had our, at the beginning of the season, I think our threshold for the midfield is could we get, if our strikers aren't scoring goals, mm-hmm. could we get 20 goals out of our midfield? And everyone was like, pshaw, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're still right, by the way. We're not going to get 20 <laughs> goals out of our midfield. It, we might get close with, with Ruben and, and Ross. But it is amazing to see him, Dan, get the goals that he has and, and maybe get five through the end of the year. I mean, five would be a great return. You know, yeah, actually, we already have nine goals this season in the Premier League from our midfield with Ross. We're over halfway through, so and 18. Ru- Ruben's <laughs> going to be a close call for yeah. the season. We'll Ruben, for yeah, finish. Ruben's are kind of split. All right, well, the last two that we have are Fabregas and Drinkwater. Ironically, they might Danny not make Drinkwater. it through the month the way things are going. Uh, are we'll they dying see. or what? No, transfers. Okay. Nick, it's they not must. January. It, it, yeah. The transfer it is. window is open. It is Danny, open. Any Drinkwater's social media game gets a solid 10. It, he is good. He gets a he thumbs is, up. He is the first to like anybody's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All his teammates have Danny Drinkwater liking the. Post. He's hype I'm man. He, he is like a hype man. On with like the he first is, comment. I think like first. First. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think somebody made a deal with him where they said if if you if you're a model citizen on social media, like we're gonna cut you a nice deal in January. Instead of yeah, instead of um, on-field metrics, he has social media oh, metrics. Yes, he's off the charts. Engagement rate. Yes. Yeah, he possibly Brady. runs the Chelsea FC Twitter account. Ask Fulham to take him over. That would be nice. Uh, moving to the attack. Uh, can, I, can I quickly say no. on something? So, uh, Did you know what I also go over go. the fact that uh, there are play- so certain players that Conte has more goals than? William. Um, Marcus Alonso and Olivier, Olivier Giroud. Has more goals in the Premier League this season than those individuals. Can, can I can I quickly say on Sesk, should he leave in January, which it it, he a, it appears that it's possible at, at the it's very least possible for a player to leave. Yeah, but I, if he does, I think he uh, history will uh, look upon him fondly at Chelsea. I yeah. think he's contributed a hell of a lot, and although not Mike's favorite player, um, <laughs> safely Mike's safe to, spot special. safe to say, um, I like Sesk just. Not some of his play. 
it's like no, no. It's my like my wheel has ten options for Sesk and one. My, my's the guy who's like, I love whiskey, and every time you, you <laughs> no, drink no. it, you're like. I thought, I thought I thought he was used incorrectly. I thought that rather I thought that he should have come in, especially as his legs went for a good twenty or thirty minutes at the end to unlock teams. I think that's sometimes where he plays best instead of trying to play full ninety minutes. We you know we all saw what happened at Wolves. Yeah. All right, well, moving on to the attackers here. I won't peg anyone in as forwards, uh, but right out the gate, we do have Alvaro Morata. Uh, 15 appearances in the Premier League, five goals right now to his name. Um, only none of them are headed, and <laughs> all with his feet, which is no. also kind of surprising. Oh, in the Premier League, yeah, sorry, okay, not yeah. to yeah. split hairs here. Uh, so, anyways, his <laughs> shooting accuracy is 44%. I, these are just some of the top line things, Nick, that, that you really hear about Alvaro. There aren't uh, a fall down statistic, um, but there is an uh, offside oh statistic. Um, and Speaking the way we look at it is just, you know, it, it hasn't worked. I think that's just the easiest way to say it. Right now, the season, it's just not clicking for him. You know, as a striker, you know, playing on instinct. Uh, he's got a lot going on inside of his head. He's yeah. not playing with instinct. Right no, now. Dan, Dan will Dan will go over the offside thing in a sec. But I, I think if we if we're grading, you know, if we grade players and and you know we we looked at Kepa and I think Jorginho is like, are they matching their transfer you know amounts? Are they are they living up to that expectation? Morata hasn't. Um, and he to me just. It, it, either it's a mentality thing or it's a skill thing or it's both. I just don't know if he has it. I don't know if he's a Premier League player. And I, I worry about him because he's still a, a relatively young player, you know, having this kind of kind of ruin the rest of his career. Um, so my hope is that he either gets it right in, in very short order because I, I think the patience is running out uh, from him or from the fans on him or – he he's able to get away for a little bit and maybe you know kind of reinvigorate himself. But it, right now it's been a five, I would yeah. say this season, and that's a that's a harsh grade. But the expectation is is a high one with him. I mean, you talk about strikers; look, they um, either clicks or it doesn't, and they can't grind it out like a center back or a midfielder. You know, they can kind of work their way into yeah. it, not yeah. at all with a midfielder or with a forward. So to yeah. me. Uh, for Chelsea's sake and his sake, they probably need to move on. He could yeah. thrive again very easily. He just needs a different setting, you know, whatever different situation, and it'll just click. But right now, it's not where it needs to be. He just needs to be the understudy. Yeah, he does but his he, best. He's work. fifty-eight million. I, I understand pounds. that. He's I'm not. not I'm not. Av- you know, I'm not saying that he should do that here. I'm just saying that he has worked his best when he gets to be the understudy to someone else. Yeah. It's like he's already, a supporting he his big move and it didn't work out for him. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like being upper yeah, management and then going to a new company is middle management. I, he, I think that'll be hard for him psych- psychologically as well. He needs to play two-hand touch in, okay. in the NFL. Um, <laughs> our other striker, because we only have two on the books, uh, Olivier Giroud. So Mike uh, is um, a huge fan of the Frenchman. Yeah, left on crutches, unfortunately, after the Palace match. Uh, but he looked pretty good in that Palace match. The link-up plays there, still not scoring. Two almost onside goals. It's tough. I mean, it's almost the inverse of Murata. You know, Will. You know, he does the right things at times. He just cannot get those goals, and it's unfortunate to see him score twice, both called offsides. Um, I, I really like Olivier. I'm starting to wonder if he's just on the wrong side of thirty, and. 
Um, if but he was never supposed to be, he was never supposed to be the guy. He never was, yeah. but he's. He should have more goals than he does now. He he needs to knock in a few more. The the idea of we're not France and we can't win the World Cup with him, you know, not scoring goals. Like we need him to pick up goals. Yes, we're not in the World Cup. I know that. Yeah, yeah. For, for for assists though, it means Look, pretty timely assists to he, other players. But Elton assists Hazard. aren't good enough. He has to he has to get just a couple. I mean, because a couple goals, two or three goals from him, change where we're at in this season. I'm not saying that would put us in first because I don't think that's reasonable, but we might be, you know, if, six if, it, if his return higher. for the year was somewhere in the neighborhood of like ten to twelve goals, that's for me and for what I think the expectation of him is. That's a really good return. Like exactly. I think we we've said this, and I'll, I'll pass to Dan. If you know, if he was brought in as the backup and is now the man, you know, I think we still have to keep that expectation there, right? Yeah. Because it's not, it's not a, that's not a transfer fee thing. It's just like the role that you're expected to play on the team. I don't expect Ruben to, you know, play all the minutes of N'Golo. So maybe the, the stats won't be there. But with the possession and the right, chances yeah. that we have, you what, expect. What was your number, Mike, that you're trying to avoid? <laughs> <laughs> Called out. Man, Nick even tried to help pass it off to me so you didn't have to. Yeah. I will give him a seven. I would go six. I was it's a, it's a six. My heart goes seven, but okay. Well, um, it's pretty harsh. for seven. Hey, you know, it's uh, it's wonderful that the uh, the French Green Goblin is having yeah. a wonderful opportunity to be a instrumental kind of squad player for us. And you know, I, I mean, look, if we kept him around for another year, I wouldn't be bothered by that. No. he needs someone you know one to two options in front of him that are better he's a great guy to have in your team oh yeah the, you, the fact you need guys says, like he says that. the right things all yeah. the time it seems like a good team player yeah the, the fact that one of the most vocal and you know kind of inspirational individuals on our team is a former arsenal man is kind of humorous to me which also <laughs> underlines some other issues that this club mm. might have or mm. our team might have right now but yeah i think he's he's great to have around so moving to the attacking wingers, we got Pedro, Nick. So as someone who's also wearing a Pedro kit simultaneously as your Aspie kit, <laughs> yeah. huge, huge fan, huh? <laughs> Big fan. Um, no, I, I think uh, it's a half and half kit. Actually, it, it, it says something to me <laughs> that that Pedro has not been able to unseat William this year um, consistently. I, he should be better in the system than William. I think his movements better, all that kind of stuff, but. He's just not. He's not really done. He scored a, a, a couple of goals, but six in the league. Yeah. So I mean, his return is is pretty high, but he's not getting enough consistent minutes unless it's in that front three scenario. He's had a couple of injuries. injuries. Yeah. He's, he's had a couple injuries too. I mean. Yeah, but, but part of that is like we were talking about this after the Palace game, like with uh, with our friend uh, Nazar Kinsella. He, William has the the ability that I think most managers need, which is he has availability. <laughs> He's almost always fit, even if he's not, you know, our, our favorite, you know, player. I think he's still more available, and that's that's, but that's a problem. Effort wise, though, Pedro is he's redlined. He's playing yeah, all a lot out. of it is reliability. If you can't if you can't stay healthy, it's really tough for managers to rely on you, regardless of how good you are. So you might be the greatest player of all time, but if you can't stay healthy, like uh, you're not gonna get played a lot. In in the minutes that he has, I would I would rate him a seven. I think he's had a pretty decent year when yeah. he's played, but again, like if we're looking 
that right wing is like the area I think most people have zeroed in on is like, Hey, we need to improve this. We need to improve it immediately. You know, yeah. striker too, but that's, it, it's kind of a, a, you know, I think it's probably our, our weakest positional spot. Number. Right uh, I gave him a seven minutes played overall. You, same thing. Yeah. I mean, we can only really grade him on the minutes, but I, I'm not going to downgrade him for getting hurt. But, I think, I think that'd be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I, so I, you know, moving to the next one, and I think this is gonna take a couple minutes, David. Uh-oh. Uh, William. No William. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no William. No William. No William. No William. No William. Stop. You knew it was coming. Let's be honest. No. So with William, um, I'm trying to. So 19 appearances in the league out of 20, right? Two goals. Two goals to his name. Um, I mean, let's be honest, goals is never really been a selling point for William. So how are you feeling? Are you pro or anti-William, or are you neither? And you can be neither. Well, my heart says neither because that's my general position on all players. But uh, I'd like to see us move on from William. There's nothing really against him personally. I just think we need fresh blood. He's been at the club for since 2013. And he's, to his own credit, like we were just saying, he's unseated all, he's, he's seen off all challengers yep. for that position from Played people like many Sherla, Sherla, Sala, De Bruyne, Quadrado, <laughs> Hilarious. Pedro, Jeez. Oh, the, the list goes on. Um, you know, in the last few years, the really the only significant chunk of time he's missed was because of personal reasons. You know, he had to fly home, um, because his mother passed away. Uh, other, than, other than that, he's always been there. Uh, but in terms of, you know, contributing direct contributions, I think I think that's not something that we could ever uh, truly rely on from him. And uh, we just we just need we just need something different. Number number six. six. But yeah, not Dan, that's fair. Dan Dan at least give him a ten. Yeah. No. Bringing up that average there? Yeah, six six is probably. I think the inferior part about William is what, what we saw at Palace is he cannot make a play without putting his foot on the ball. Seemingly, I'm sure he can, but it, every single time he got the ball, he seemed to just put his foot on the ball and slow things down. He, d- he doesn't make runs anymore, like off well, the ball. That that run that Conte also, made to he's score. Not getting so to be fair. To be fair, but then also to criticize, because I need to do both. Now, I'm going to be fair and say that there were plenty of times where he actually had the right run and was calling for the ball, but the ball didn't get distributed to him. But at the same time, his body language after not getting the ball is was so negative and disruptive. It's so not yeah. Brazilian. Uh, <laughs> like, well, no, I'm not, no, I'm not even that. Typically. I think just in general, as like a teammate, like you want to look to see... Yeah. When you don't get the service, you don't get the ball. Like you just can't be like, okay, hey, you know what? Like, go talk to that other individual. Go ask for the ball. Like, let them know what you're looking for. Versus every time showing some level of vis- visible frustration for not getting the service that you're looking for. And if you're not getting the service you're looking for, you might need to then introspectively think about what are you doing with the ball and why are players not looking to you first as that option. And certainly against Palace, when twice in a row he let the ball go out with a bad touch, roll out right in front of the Chelsea support. Like that's not going to play well, and that's just yeah. concentration and effort issue. That's 
Got nothing to do with really your overall play. That's just like having your head in the game. He he strikes me as a guy who hasn't been happy at the club for quite uh, for a couple of years now, honestly. And I thought when Conte left that there might be a reinvigoration. I think everyone thought that he was going to be the guy under sorry to mm-hmm. to really make this thing happen. And man, I don't think that Shakhtar Williams ever coming back. Um, at least not with us. Maybe maybe at another club. All right. Well, again, I mean, there, there's no doubting him for his effort, and you know, it's just. I think we might start doubting him for his effort. Actually, yeah, I would, yeah. That, that's that's been the long, long narrative with William was always effort and and being a two way player, and he turned under Mourinho certainly. But last couple of seasons, you know, he didn't like playing under Conte, even though he played the most amount of games under Conte, and. He doesn't. He doesn't like being substituted. He wants to play, but he has he to be amazing. He yeah. has to be amazing in training. I, I think that's what I, I come down to. Is well, he but, so but he he's available. He and he's also he's also early. the one that's always available. So he like, is our yeah. best set piece taker. When he gets subbed off, no, he's not. He's absolutely terrible. not. When on the field, but no oh. one else is taking it. When he goes off, it significantly drops. So here's my point: is did I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying he's a great set piece taker. I'm saying he's our best one out there right now. No one else is stepping up and doing it. And I think well, when he subs off, they're not being instructed to. And I, 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 I guarantee that I think our set pieces need a lot of work. Regardless, yeah, of that who's might be the nail it. in the coffin for him, right? Well, they're trying look, to keep him happy. Eden's terrible at set pieces. So all I'm saying is when William goes off, they get even worse. Luis has come close more reasonably than others, and then Alonso, obviously, I think. But we're not talking about free kicks. The... Think more like like corner kicks or like uh, the deeper free kicks and things. I think the, the the kind of like the shooting free kicks is different. I think that we have right. good options. I'm thinking like the service into the box, like Got the it. corners okay. and things. Yeah, because it's not Fabregas is not playing. I mean, Fabregas was right. there, he'd be the number one by far. I think I think that's a huge gap for me. I think that that's an easy thing that Chelsea should be able to fix. That other teams, especially weaker teams, they can put in a much uh, more threatening cross on corners and set pieces yeah. than what we've been able to do. What's your season. number? Uh, for William? Yep. Uh, I would probably give him a seven just because he has chipped in with three goals and three assists. And it partially, that's kind of comparative to the Chelsea team. Two goals. Not necessarily like him. On a total. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, two goals and three assists. To me, like, yeah. in this Chelsea team, he's still above average, but he's not what where we need to be. Yeah. So, again, slanted scale. Um, but, anyways, those are our forwards. I mean, you've got... Uh, you've got uh, um, are we forgetting so you, You're forgetting someone. The what? What are you guys talking about? No, we're fine. Fine, Ed Nazard. All right, we can talk about him. All right, yeah. ten next. <laughs> Check the box. Um, no. N- nine for occasionally still mailing in a game. <laughs> yeah, occasionally. You know, I honestly think he that is a real thing with him. Without I did a too. Doubt. Palace. I did too. You saw him in spurts, but a lot of time he wasn't looking to get in behind. He wasn't really looking to take people on. If it wasn't like being gifted an alley, he wasn't. Definitely he helped uh, Wambasaka's tra- uh, transfer fee jump up a little bit that game. Wambasaka's oh, okay. going to be an excellent player for a long this, time. This, this is no a doubt. This is a player who obviously leads, you know, the league in chances created. I think he's been on fire. Like he's he's just. I I have the I have the um, sneaking suspicion at times that he doesn't necessarily feel up for it or or there are games where he feels way over up for it like he's he he wants to go take on someone just to prove that he's he's just so much better and when i think about the way he played against liverpool 
versus the way he played against Spurs. It, I, I, there's a major level. There's a level difference there, and it could be that the, you know there was an international break before Spurs, and that kind of messed some things up, or whatever. But it, there's a huge, a huge level drop or increase, just depending on if he's feeling it or not. And like, think about, say what you want about Ronaldo or any of these other top players in the world. Like, there's always been a, a hunger and a desire there, and there, you know, his recent article for Chelsea's. <laughs> said that he's he said himself I'm not a leader off the pitch and you know if we were considering him for a captain type role which we did which we seriously did uh, on the show anyway I don't know if that was a, ever really a thing but on the show yeah, we were bantering that about I you know yeah, that's scary American, he pays attention to us that's scary to me though I don't know but he, he's obviously been incredible he's been our best player this year by right. I think I think Chelsea's overall season results uh, reflect hazards game the game results where you have a title season, and then you have a season where you finish 10th or 5th, then you have another title season, then you finish 10th or 5th, and that kind of how Hazard can go. He can go from one game when he's really feeling it, and he's up for it, and he's taking on players, to a game like Palace, where he's passing to Morata at every given opportunity instead of trying to make it happen. But do you, th- do you think if he was better protected by the referees, no, that think, he might take on... Like, sometimes I'm wondering if he's almost just managing his fitness, saying, is it worth me trying no, to take on... he makes on? some incredible challenges from time to time, and I think he doesn't... But you can't, you can't... I mean, you can't sustain that continually to take those tackles all the time. Like... I don't know. It has well, to be. It could be, uh, but like I'm not sure what more what referees could do to cut out teams fouling him. I think you, you look at a hard foul that comes, you know, the the second or the third one that comes in pulling a card, as opposed to waiting until the tenth. But to be fair, like there's also a massive refereeing issue in right. the Premier League, so right. I think that it's also like. It, it's, you can't rely. We got to see Pawson live, baby. Oh. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, you can't rely on an unreliable uh, kind Bucket. of factor on that. Uh, you know, I, I will say, you know, so it's been great to see Hazard, you know, actually find some success playing as the the center forward um, in a couple of matches. That's been neat to see him add that. I do enjoy the fact of him playing on the left wing more so. Um, but you know, again, again, this is his best you know start to a season in terms of uh, goals and assists for Chelsea. And, I mean, it, it definitely is putting us in a position where the the best thing that we can kind of do is get that guy a, a pen in his hand and to tie him down to a chair and make sure he does not leave oh. that room without signing oh, that paper. Damn. All right. You could just let him sign of his own free will, too. That would be, <laughs> be pretty awesome. Yeah, we don't have now, to tie people up, dude. I, it's, it's the big question mark, though, and I think it, it, no matter how good of a season he has, you know, I, I think most fans would prefer him to have a you know less than stellar season, but resign than the opposite, no, right? No. Like he should have a great season, resign. I don't want to trade for, anything for that. Like we should continue have a great season. We should ask the most of him, and we should get him to resign. He's our best player. He's been a nine. I you know I think he has the potential with his numbers, and and the, you know if he resigns, he'll, he'll be a ten for sure. He's. He's a subjective nine. Yes. Subjective. Essential to be a ten. The, the decision is... And Hazard, if you'd like to be a yeah. ten by Nick Verlaine for your contributions this season, sign, sign your contract. I think that's the extra motivation he needs. Is <laughs> Never mind that whole Chelsea legend status. Yeah. yeah. That ten on the mid-season review. I, also, I want to be a legend like Drogba, Terry, Lampard. I just... Dr. I Dr. can't I can't deal with all of the, like, every three or four weeks, the... 
I don't know. I might want to leave, but I also want to be a. But I also want to well, leave. Fairness, I want to be. I, I, don't know. I don't think he needs to. Should be knocked for answering the question the same way basically every time. You know, he doesn't pick the questions that he gets asked. It's part of it, and it, it, it unfortunately is he. He's kind of o- opened the door a little bit, so now the journalists are going to keep trying oh, to sure. to put. And again, that's the game. That's how it works. Unfortunately. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? That that's it. That's when we're gonna wrap it up. Maurizio. I think there, we got we got to do Maurizio. You you want to do? Sorry, I'm a little worried about doing that so soon. Um, he's only half season in. I mean, I guess what? We are just rated all the players list? after half a season. You can't rate the manager. Well, most of those guys. I think it's a little bit different. I mean, Virginia's players only had a half season week. Here. Yeah, Brandon. No but a manager has to implement a tactic, a system. There's a lot longer. Like, anyways, yeah, I gotta go for it, Dan. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> that, go for that's it. That's a great way to turn the table. I'm not going to get through that one, so go for it. Look, uh, comes in with a, you know, after a protracted legal battle and lawyers conversing to get him out of Naples and into SW6, um, has to implement a system, has to change the way we're playing completely after how we've been playing, you know, under Conte. Uh, has had you know, some minimal rotation, but not a ton. Has won a few more points at this point than Conte had last that in his season last year. So, uh, not like a return on investment standpoint. Now you're thinking like, oh man, like was this really worth it? You know, are we in a much better position? I'd say if we have convinced potentially someone like Eden Hazard just you know resign because we're playing a style of football that you know he is enjoying more, that would be a plus positive there. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it is. Uh, you know, we're not we're in in competition for top four. We've made our way out of What's the your number? rounds. Seven. Oh. I I think he's been an eight so far. Mm-hmm. I I I think uh, while while the the stat that he only has like two or three more points than Conte did at this point in the disaster season last year, which is hilarious now. Um, he's positive. I think he speaks honestly. Um, I, I think he's changed some of our players' fortunes for the best. And, and if we're going to look at Ruben as one of those opportunities, I think that's a, a really great sign for me. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't think he's been perfect at all. You know, I think he has areas where, you know, especially in the substitutions, uh, I, I get the same sense that I've done in a context. Like, what are you waiting for, man? How much more of this do you need to see to make a change? And, I know that he trusts his players, and I think most managers do, but uh, I think that would be an area that I'd look at in the, in the second half of the season. Are we going to get a little bit more rotation as players start to get tired, and can he sub a little earlier? I actually think he's, his, his substitutions have been a lot earlier than Conte's. For sure. I think we forget. Conte tended not to make changes like last 10 minutes. Yeah, okay, uh, fair, sorry, fair enough. There's a famous my, my issue, uh, wagon piece. My, my issue with Sarri's substitutions is they're very... Uh, much the same from game to game, and even like same, uh, same. The timing is almost exactly the same too. And he does positions like for like almost always, if unless there's an injury or very rare occasion. But it's always you know like Barkley for Kovacic and William for Pedro, and then Giroud for Morata, or you know variations of that. But th- those are the substitutions that he makes. But I think timing wise, he actually gives players generally more than just a couple minutes to, you know, be useless because, like, what can you do in five minutes? 
Mm-hmm. He actually, he tends to do a sub like around the hour mark and then he does one around 70 and then maybe 75-ish. Yeah. Which I think is actually, in modern games, kind of bold because you get an injury in the last 10 minutes, he's out of subs, but, mm-hmm. you know. I, I would like the first I would, Yeah, I would say, like, the only other thing I would say about him is I know he has a system. Everyone knows he has a system. It, what Cerissimo actually is, who really fucking knows, but... I, I think there have been times this season where he's been tactically inflexible, where it's just Fine. clearly not working. And, you know, other managers would switch up the formation or, you know, do something a little bit more aggressive. And I think he's always, he wants yeah. to stay but, but safe. You, but you saw that he was willing to flex a bit when City came to town and we needed valid, to. Valid point, so sure. he's not so rigid that he's unwilling to change, but he does have a preferred system and would like to play a preferred way. And I think that's the, the, the challenge now is how do we equip him appropriately with the type of players that are going to let this continue to be more successful? Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, as we've gone through, if we're giving him a couple of sixes, which I would say some, a player that's a six is below the standard for what Chelsea needs. Now Chelsea needs to be, if we, if we view the club as we, what we want it to be, which is a top team, not only in England, but in Europe. It's a team that needs to be filled with seven at a minimum, but mm-hmm. really eights, nines, and tens. Right. And if we have given him something less than that, um, then we have not set him up for success. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think he's done more than I, I would have expected, and a couple results changed. We're, we're having different situations. If we had uh, strikers that could perform or better you know, performance from our right wing. I think I like the idea that he does have a system and he, rather than just tinkering, he's saying, you know what, we're either going to play through it. I mean, sometimes you get dealt shit cards in poker, right? There's not much you can do. I don't think by changing a formation too much, it's going to change. I mean, you could kind of make the argument. You could fold. You could fold. You don't have to play the hand. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're sorry, you t- you're t- going to play the two seven. You'd be like, this is my system. I'm playing these hands. I mean, but, you still have to you still have to put people on on the field. I think that given the chance to bring in a few more of his players, I think we're going to see a huge difference. And the one thing we we can't do, and you made just the, the word choice used there, his players. We need to make sure they are, they are great footballers that will work within That's the what system, David which David was saying, yeah. but are not so pigeonholed into being just a sorry player that we haven't equipped. Well, that's the, that's you know, look, I mean, eventually Frank Lampard's going to come back here and be a manager. <laughs> so when that happens, we should make sure that we've got uh, an appropriate squad for him. I was going to say, sorry, he's done better than I expected. I expected yeah. a, a second, a full second coming of, of AVB and maybe wow. my, by luck or by skill or whatever divine providence, he's done a lot better. But uh, I was expecting him to be on the verge of sacking at this point, and he's, he isn't. So wow, good for him. So there's that. <laughs> We're just gonna end this on a super positive. He hasn't been sacked yet. All right. No, I mean, look, one thing that love it or hate it, Maurizio is a very patient manager, and he will wait for the players to learn his system and learn how he wants to go. Now, to, to David's point, whether or not other people. Uh, are as patient and uh, want to give people as much time. We'll wait to see. But so far, I think it's this is such a crazy season. We were on the verge of being out of the top four. We're out of the top four. Now we're five points clear of Arsenal. Yep. Liverpool, we're two <laughs> points off City. What Liverpool we're doing is what Tottenham calls a title race. Um, <laughs> Put in the pressure on. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a crazy season. The fact that we're in the mix or in the hunt, um, it, that's what you know. At a minimum, you need right now. So. 
Uh, he's done a pretty we, good job. We've seen some exciting things. We, we said at the beginning, expectations setting is everything, right? It, you know, we were never going to win the league this year. I, you know, I, I just don't believe that's a possibility. Yeah. But make top four, maybe grab a, a trophy along the way. Consider that a success for this year and set yourself up to play better hands in the future mm-hmm. if we're yeah. carrying the poker thing all the way through. Had we dropped those three matches early and then built up that that 14-game run, completely different. Losing the Spurs makes everyone lose their fucking mind, and I understand why. I think it would have been a disaster if you lose those three games early in the season. Yeah, I, would, I agree. That would have been my scenario playing out pretty yeah. quickly, I think. Yeah, even right now, he, though, he needed those games. Same, same yeah. goal difference as Spurs and just two points behind them. He, he needed but, you know, but remember, they're challenging for the title, and we shouldn't sleep yeah. on them like Eddie Nazard did. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I hate him. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us for this mid-season review. Shell. <laughs> Let us know if you agreed with us. Obviously, you did. Uh, and if you didn't, uh, at Nick Verlaine, at <laughs> Dorm, <laughs> at <Rainier laughs> completely dropped the wrong handle. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Let let us know. You've uh, it. You know, you can find us. Don't worry about it. Uh, on social media. But again, thank you all for listening. Uh, David, thanks for hanging yeah, out with us Dave. in London. Yeah. Yeah. I like how we have to go to London to hang out with you, but that's okay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for getting drunk with us last night. Yes. Yeah. It's more fun here. The sun, for the first time, is actually visible since 2019. Oh, there it is. Out in 2019. So we what should, a year. We what should a go year. and enjoy that. All right, listeners, thank you again so much. Uh, we'll be back with more content, obviously. Uh, hopefully, this uh, rise for the rest of the season will be nothing but seven, eights, nines, and tens. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.